Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Friday with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. Okay, before we get into this episode of Friday. I want to remind you that my 2019 mastermind is filling up quickly in terms of the applications rolling in. Now, I've not started my pre-qualification phone calls yet, but remember, this is on a first-come, first-served basis for at least getting your applications in line. I go through them all. I look for the best fit, and then I set up a phone call to see if it's a great fit between you, me, and our existing group. So, If you are at all interested, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind. So the mastermind is the fastest way I know of to 10x your business, up-level your tribe, and get a clear path to grow your business and your relationship to the next level. It's like a significant shortcut for you. So- Look at it this way. What if by this time next year, your profits 10x and you spent less time working and had more time with your family and your friends doing the things that light you up? And what if you did it with the highest level entrepreneurs on the planet? And what if you learned all of this while you were experiencing some of the most amazing adventures places, and cities in the world. Stop the what ifs and choose, make a decision to make this happen. So go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and fill out the application. In the mastermind, I'll put you into a group of high level achievers where everyone is at your level or higher, and you'll be in three different masterminds throughout the year going to three different locations and being a part of what I call an experiential learning environment. I learn best by doing cool things with cool people and not in the back of a Holiday Inn conference room. So I redesigned the entire mastermind concept and made it fully immersive experiences. I made the long conference room tables disappear, you know, the one with the mints and the water, it's all gone. So who's it for? Any upper six-figure earner that is at $300,000 or above or those that have just barely squeaked over their first million and are looking to learn how to get past the multiple seven-figure range year after year. So even if you're just curious, go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash mastermind and click apply. Do not let this negative self-chatter get in the way. We all have it, by the way. Power through it. Power through it. You can do it. All right, let's get on with the episode. Well, Kimberly Murgatroyd, you know what I want you to know? What do you want me to know? I'm 
over-caffeinated today. I am so excited. Well, how are you, honey? I'm just ducky. You know what we're gonna talk about today? I bet you do because you wrote it. (laughs) I sure do. We're gonna talk about fear and comparison. So these two things will derail your success if you're not careful. Look, here's the deal. I would be lying to you if I didn't say to you that I don't compare myself. I am really, really struggling. I do really struggle with comparing. You know, if somebody buys a new car, you know, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini or a Linguini, I ask myself, how come I don't have the Linguini, right? So this is something that I think probably genders look at perhaps differently. Maybe women compare themselves in a different way than men do. Like, I don't look at a guy and say, I want to, I want to have those, you know, that cute butt. Do you, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, oh my but I, gosh, but I do, I'm so glad that's recorded. I'm uh, going to somehow edit out and put that on some sort of a loop. But I do say, I want to have his car. I want to have his house. But I, but I never say I want to have his wife, honey. That that what? that I'm just Where saying. Where did that even come from? I just I'm, it's that's a, so random. It's, it's free association. You know what I mean? It makes me think that you actually have thought that. <laughs> it's like reverse psychology, it's like reverse, right? It's like reverse psychology. Well, let's get. We'll do marriage counseling on another session. Let's get into today's three bullets. The first bullet is why. Is my voice squeaked a little on that it was one? Like Sorry, we, about we that. just reverted Why? back to thirteen. Why? Remember Bobby Brady with uh, when he was uh, going into uh, into puberty? You, you, do you, I yes, know. I do. Honey. You do. Okay. I do. All right. I digress. Why is mastering fear so important, and how can we overcome fear? So yeah, fear is one of those things that is powerful enough to keep us from achieving our goals and living, you know, our best life. And it keeps us from taking advantage of opportunities or taking actions on opportunities. And I know for me, what was it? Like two years ago, three years ago, when we were maybe a year and a half into our our network marketing business, you had been doing like all the phone calls and like with new people that were interested. And we hit a point where we had to shift things and you had to work back in the clinic more and I had to start doing these phone calls or I had to let the business kind of die on the vine because you couldn't do both. And I was one, um, suffered from a really bad money mindset. Didn't like to talk about money. I was really nervous when I would talk to anybody on the phone about, you know, enrolling in our, in our, with our products or our business, which was really crazy because I could talk to people in person and I was passionate, but I had this weird fear of talking to people and, you know, quote unquote, selling them. And it was one of these things. I literally remember where I was. I got a call uh, from a friend who said, I have a girl who I think would be perfect for your business. She's ready to jump on the phone with you. Can you do a call now? And you were at work because usually I would just say, hey, Rob, can you do this call? I was sitting in our living room over, um, do you know where Sophia's like little play area used to be in our living room? I do. Okay, so I was sitting over there playing with Sophia and I was like, oh man, I could just book it for Rob tonight. No, I need to do this. I need to do this. And I kept talking myself into it. And I kind of Mel Robbins 54321 and just called this girl. And I ended up enrolling her and she's great business builder still today. So it was one of those things that, that fear literally was keep fear of talking to somebody was keeping me 
from taking action on what now has built into a crazy like multi six figure business. Now that is a fear that you know was super compelling, right? Like your heart's pounding. I got to get on this yeah, that, phone call. That sucked. That's but, that's but like I a, did that, it. That's like a shitty fear. That's I, prob- like, I probably literally shit my pants three times on that one. <laughs> but he, now here's the other thing. Tony Robbins talks a lot about this, and I finally was able to uncover what he means by this stress. We, you know, look, we say, I'm stressed. I have so much to do today, right? The reality is that when you unpack what stress is, stress is really fear. Now he's always said that, but I'm like, what do you mean? Like, like I'm just, I just got a lot to do. Like I'm, I'm just stressed out with all the things I have to do. But then I got it. If you didn't do those things, what would happen? So I'll use an example. I have a chiropractic office, right? A medical clinic. If I have this list of all these things I have to do with that clinic, so I'm stressed. If I didn't do those things, what would I feel? Well, if I didn't do those things, I would be afraid. What would you be afraid of? I'd be afraid that I wouldn't make any money. If I didn't make any money, what would that feel like? I wouldn't be able to pay my bills. If I didn't pay my bills, what? And so you start unwinding it. So next time you're super stressed, realize that you're calling it stress because it doesn't have that heart pounding thing. It's a lower number. Like he says, uh, people in LA, I don't know why he singled out LA, but he said people in LA don't even call it stress. They call it, I have a lot of angst today. (laughs) But angst is another word for fear. So stress and angst and all of its sisters and cousins are basically fear hidden. Yeah, and one thing that really helped me, uh, I think was, in that moment, literally that moment for me was the defining moment of whether or not our business was gonna continue or if it was gonna fail. And I decided that fear is just not an option for me. And there's a lot of books written about this. And I think what you have to determine is if I'm fearful of something, that chances are means that's where you need the most growth. So that's where you need to take the action. And that is where, you know, Mel Robbins comes into play because she does the five, four, three, two, one, and you just do it, whatever it is, because action is actually the cure for fear. Because once I did that call, I actually felt empowered. I felt like, sure, I probably stumbled. I probably messed up, but at the end of the day, I met a great new friend. We built a bond and now we're doing the business together. And the fear that I had and the anxiety I had that literally made my stomach hurt. And I know this may not be a big deal for some people, but this was my fear. This was, you know, a big deal to me. Once I took that action, that fear literally went away. It's like it melted away. And I never had it again. And now I jump on the phone with anybody and it doesn't matter. And I, am, I have zero fear because I work that muscle. Because for me, fear was literally not going to be an option. Yeah, once you expand that, uh, you know, they, they say, I don't know who they is, but they say that, you know, once you expand your circle, imagine it like a balloon. Once the balloon is stretched out, it never goes back to its original size. So once, you're, once you step into the fear using Mel Robbins' 5-4, and for those of you that don't know what she's, what she's referring to, she's got a book called 54321. It's a couple hundred pages. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you in a sentence. Next time you're afraid to do something, say five, four, three, two, one, and do it. I don't know why it works. She doesn't know why it works. Some neurologist can explain to you why it works, but at the end of the day, it works. So next time you need to do something, just count backwards. You can't count forwards for some reason or another. It's gotta be backwards. Well, because that's infinite. 
Because it's infinite. Like you're yeah. not going to start going negative one, negative two, it's negative like a, three. It's like some weird force deadline that you put uh, that you put upon yourself. All right, let's go into bullet number two, which is comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. Kimberly, why is comparison the thief of joy? Well, I mean, I think in this world in general, in life in general, it's always been keeping up with the Joneses. But now you get to see every freaking move the Joneses are making on social media and only the highlight reel. And so, you know, somehow we are basing our social and personal worth on how we stack up against other people and what we perceive their life to be. And, you know, when people are only showing the photos that they've put, you know, 16 filters on, had a professional photographer take, and they have 1,082 outtakes of the same photo, it's really, really hard to compare yourself um, in social media. So you mean the girls that that have like a ponytail and their heads twisted to the side and their two fingertips are holding their ponytail while their head is cocked like Gia like sort this? of like looks. Yeah, why what is what is that? Can I just can I digress and ask you why girls hold their hair in a ponytail, but they only do it on Instagram and not in real life? <laughs> is it does that is there like an official girl thing that girls go like, I look cute when I hold my ponytail with my head tilted to the right, but just two fingers. But just two fingers. But you should have seen all the outtakes to get that one photo. So, and that's the thing with comparison is that, you know, whether you're comparing your, uh, how you look, if you're attractive, your wealth, how smart you are, your success or your handbag or whatever the hell you're comparing, all of that really undermines you because like you said, when we started, once you begin down the road of comparison, you can get lost. If you want to compare yourself and really like put yourself into a puddle, just go in the scroll hole of um, Instagram and look at all the pages that I promise you that girl does not look like that without 17 filters, reshaping her waist, cleaning up her cellulite and adding, you know, a a different color hair. Like it's just not possible to compare your normal day, your top knot, your whatever your day looks like to somebody else's perfectly crafted post. You know, I have to say this because this is the thing that shocks me the most. When I meet some influencer that I'm following and probably, I'm not going to name any names, obviously, but probably some of the names that you would know if I mention their names in person, their in-person persona or who they are in person versus their online persona is so radically different. So when you're comparing yourself, there's two things I want to add here. One is you have no freaking idea. You're making a you're making an assumption of what that person's life is like. Like you said, there's could be 16 photos to stage that, or you know, a green screen video or a videographer or great editing or great music or a great moment or a great son or a great trip or whatever, and you're comparing it. And the other thing is very often you compare yourself to somebody's ends, right? So it's your beginning. So you say, hey, look, you know, I want to start XYZ business. And then all of a sudden, some person comes on your radar. You have no idea how long they've been working or dreaming or thinking about it or 
You have no idea what their natural propensity is. They may just be, their nature may lend themselves to what it is that you see, but they're really, really shitty at something else. So I can give you a million examples, but comparison at the end of the day, for so many reasons, just doesn't work. Yeah, comparison is always unfair. Again, you're comparing your the worst you know of yourself to your perception of what you think this other person, their life is like. And often, you know, comparisons, it's really hard because comparisons can have um, a really detrimental effect in your circle as well. If you continually compare yourself to a friend or a coworker or someone, you know, that you're in a more business relationship with, that comparison is often gonna lead to resentment And that's where all the joy gets sucked out of the room because now you're literally depriving yourself of being inspired by somebody or being motivated by somebody or being truly friends with somebody because you're sitting there and comparing every element of their best life with what you know the worst for you is. And so here's my challenge. We're gonna talk in a minute about how to kill comparison. But here is my challenge for anyone that is, you know, struggling in comparison, especially in social media. What I would say is look at your feed, look at your Instagram, your Facebook, whatever it is. Does that tell the true picture of you? Are you sharing only your highlight reel or are you sharing your struggles? Are you sharing when your toddler has a tantrum? Like we get emails or text messages and whatever all the time about how cute Sophia is and oh, she's so sweet and she meditates and she does yoga and what a perfect little pigtailed munchkin. Girl, that, I I always message back and I'm like, you have no idea. She is as sweet or spicy as she is sweet. She will tantrum with the best of them. And we, a lot of these things with yoga and meditation that we've actually implemented with her are because of all of the tantrums and the crazy. So, I really try to do a good job and I can always do better of depicting our best day. I never wear makeup. My hair is pretty much always in a ponytail and a top knot and I'm probably one day late for a shower most days. That is my real life. So if all I did was post picture after picture after picture or IG story or whatever, where I'm like all perfectly quaffed, that would be completely ridiculous in my life. So my challenge to you is to make sure that you're putting forward not just your best day, but also your struggle because you never know when someone's going to connect to that. And really you can change someone's life with that struggle. You know, let's take it offline a little bit, right? So, you know, you're at a party and somebody pulls up and I'm probably talking more to men right now, uh, although it could be women, but, you know, somebody somebody pulls up and they've got the car that you want or- Or the shoes. Or they have, you know- The right, handbag. I just had a picture of the guy with the shoes and the okay. handbag. Okay, now I got it. I got it. You're, so so depending upon what it is for you, when you, when you see that, you have to realize that that person- is on a completely different path in his or her life than you are. Who knows how they wound up where they are? And you're comparing that one thing. You're comparing that car, that watch, those shoes, those whatever it is, you're comparing that one thing. What about the other 9 billion things that make up that person? Their relationship with their spouse, their relationship with their children, their body. You know, if you look at a guy who's, you know, 700 pounds, it's probably a big guy, but a 700 pound guy that's like getting out of a a Ferrari, you know, he may be 
super dominant at making money and put all of his money into the Ferrari, but his health is affected. My point is that you can't take one slice of somebody's life and put a shine over the whole thing. All right. So how do you kill comparison, right? Uh, There are a lot of ways. Number one, you can become really aware of your own success. We live, I think, women more than men. I think women detract from their success. Women try to kind of tone down what they've been successful at to kind of make other women feel comfortable, which I don't think we should do. If you have done something and you have been successful in one area, be proud of it. Share that. Inspire other women. Don't don't dim your light, you know, to make other people shine brighter. For guys, I think guys go the other way. I think guys exaggerate their success so they can feel better. Why don't you instead just take a real accurate look at what in your life you have been successful and not just in business, in relationships, in travel, in passions. What what are the things in life that you love to do? And then my other thing is uh, pursue things in life that are greater than the latest car, the latest shoes. Really focus your energy on love and loving people, loving friends, loving each other. Focus on humility, focus on empathy, focus on being generous, focus on selflessness. You know, all of those things are much higher pursuits and they will elevate your life and you will feel less the need to compare. One last thing, and I know you won't have a few things to say, Rob, sorry, I'm chatty. But if you compare less and you actually appreciate more, and you know, I was in yoga one day and there was a girl, a couple of mats over that was just, I mean, crushing it. And if I could have like my my yoga everything, everything that like her body was exquisite, her form was impeccable, like everything with this girl was just incredible. And I was over here like, you know, Humpty Dumpty in my head trying to just not fall over. And so it was so easy to fall into this comparison of that. But what I decided to do that day on my mat was to every time I felt that comparison come in, when I saw her do like bird of paradise out of the corner of my eye, every time that happened, I went ahead and complimented her and sent her love and sent her energy and told myself, you know, how inspiring she is. And that, I'm telling you, fixed it. So if you can force yourself to find a way to appreciate the person or the thing that you're comparing to, then you will definitely feel less competition or comparison. I love that. Another, uh, I'll leave you with this. There's one more thing that I think is a great question to ask yourself. So I'll continue on with my example of uh, the guy with a, you know, a very expensive car. If you see somebody and you start comparing yourself and you're like, oh my God, this guy's got this car. Ask yourself, what would I have to believe to feel this way? So you would have to believe maybe that he has no other problems, that he's got his life all together, that it came easy for him. Ask yourself, what would you have to believe? And what it will do is it'll give you some perspective in the ways that you're looking at it. And it'll perhaps give you another lens to look at it a different way. Well, that's it. I hope everybody has an awesome week and we'll see you next week. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or 
their Play Hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds, and leave me a five-star review, and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live. 